You're listening to the message podcast of High Ridge Church Longview, where our vision is to help you know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and ultimately make a difference. We are so glad that you're here, and we pray that this message impacts your life as you apply the spiritual truths from God's Word in practical ways. Let's listen in. Are amazing. Welcome to church, everybody. Take a moment, if you would. Let's welcome in all of our friends watching online. Come on, High Ridge family. We're so glad that you're with us. Make sure that you comment. Make sure that you interact with our people back there. We apologize for the delay getting on, but the devil is a liar. <laughs> but we are, we are uh, underway. We're glad that you're here. Also, make sure that you click that share button. That means a lot to us when you subscribe and to share. So for everybody else, let's get into the word of God today. Luke chapter four is where we're going to spend some time. And as we're going there, I want to share a couple of wins with you. Um, first of all, you guys invited your friends to Easter. We are over 1,000 people again, and that is amazing to see so many people come. And let me, get, let me give you the really good news. We had 22 people accept Christ as their personal Lord and Savior. That's awesome. I love it. 22 people going from death to life, from darkness to light. I love that. I want to be a part of a church that introduces people to Jesus. Bottom line, nothing else is more important to me than people meeting Jesus, and I love it. I'm so thankful for each of you. Thank you for your generosity, being willing to stand behind us financially so that that could happen. It means the world to me. Thank you, thank you, thank you. All right, Luke chapter 4. As we get into God's word, I've got a brand new series that I believe is going to be powerful and timely for you. This series is called 911 When All Hell Breaks Loose. Come on, somebody. (laughs) 911 When All Hell Breaks Loose. I wanted to try to make sure that the the logo and the graphics for this series didn't look like September 11th, because I'm like, you don't make September 11th jokes when you look like this. This is is not a good thing. We're going down a bad path. So uh, I am Mexican, by the way. Let me just... uh, What kind of Taliban preaching preacher is it? I'm Tex-Mex preaching. So I'm glad that you're here. 911 when all hell breaks loose. I want to quickly talk about uh, how we uh, we've learned from a very young age what to do in case of emergency. We've learned 911. You learned that from the time that you were in elementary school. They made a point of teaching you things like 911 in an emergency. When I was little. Nancy Reagan came out with the slogan, just say no. And so we learned to say nope to dope. Come on, somebody. (laughs) Just say no to drugs. But then in Texas specifically, we teach kids how to deal with tornadoes. Not not tornadoes. Tornadoes. Come on, you got to say it right. There's an A in there somewhere. Tornadoes. And you teach kids how to get to a windowless room, right? You teach them how to stay away from the glass because they don't, you know, chop you into little pieces or... Get to a windowless room, you know, get, get your head in between your knees, or if you can find a bathroom, get into the bathtub, put a mattress over the top of you. Anybody ever have to actually do that? You ever, you ever done it? Yes. We've seen some tornadoes in our day, and I, and I get it, but from the time that we were little, we learned how to deal with natural disasters. We learned how to deal with emergencies. What about spiritual attacks? When do they teach you how to deal with the enemy's attacks? I want you to know a couple things. First of all is you have a very real enemy. The moment that you accept Christ as your savior, the moment that you say, I am all in for Jesus, you are a threat to the enemy. You are going to be attacked. It will happen. It is supposed to happen. We are supposed to expect it. Let me just tell you, you may spend your entire life and never see a tornado. You may never have to dial 911. You may never have to stop, drop, and roll. (laughs) 
But the moment that you accept Christ as your savior, you are a threat to the enemy. You have to know how to deal with spiritual attacks. You have to know what to do when all hell breaks loose. You need to know this. And there is a failure in the the pulpit, a failure in churches of teaching people how to deal with spiritual attacks. Now we will either over-spiritualize everything or under-spiritualize everything. We fall in one of two extremes. Either everything's the devil or nothing's the devil. Let me just tell you, Some things are the devil. We need to know how to deal with them. But we don't know how to distinguish between a bad day and a spiritual attack. Sometimes you're just having a bad day. Sometimes you just do dumb things. Sometimes you reap what you sow. That ain't the devil. That's all you. But sometimes it is the devil. You're supposed to be attacked. But you can't blame everything on the devil. Come on, somebody. It ain't all his fault. Sometimes you just forgot to fill your car up with gas. You lied to yourself when you went to bed like, I'll figure it out in the morning. It'll be fine. I'll wake up early. You did not wake up early. You did not get gas. That ain't the devil. That is you. That is failure to plan. Come on. <laughs> it ain't all the devil. Let me just tell you, as the, as the father of, of a daughter that, that has gone through teenage years, I have to learn how to dip, know how to tell the difference between a bad day and hungry and a demon. <laughs> how do you tell the difference, Pastor? Take her to Olive Garden. Get some breadsticks and then see what happens after that. 99% of the time, you're good. You're good. Olive Garden first, then an exorcist. I'm not even looking at my daughter. She's over here just like, yes, this is true. I, I, It is what it is. But we don't know how to tell the difference between a bad day and a spiritual attack. And let me just remind you that Jesus was attacked by the evil one. The the evil one attacked him at the very beginning of his ministry, trying to pull him away from his purpose, trying to get him to doubt the word of God. But I want you to see some very specific things that Christ did, that Christ modeled for each of us on how to walk through when all hell breaks loose. You're going to have times when all hell breaks loose. You got to know this. So Luke chapter 4 says it this way. Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, left the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. I want you to see this. Here's two powerful keys right from the very top. You have to know this. Full of the Holy Spirit, led by the Holy Spirit. Full of the Holy Spirit, led by the Holy Spirit. You're going to need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. If you've never been filled with the Holy Spirit, we can get that done today. We're going to have our elders step forward at the end of this service to lay hands on you, to pray for you. You can get filled with the Spirit today. You need to be led by the Spirit. That means that you have an ongoing daily fellowship with the Holy Spirit where you say, Holy Spirit, come, lead my day, show me what to do. I want to be led by you. It's that simple. It's not that hard. But Jesus was full of the Holy Spirit, led by the Holy Spirit. And it says, he was led into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And by the way, if you're gonna get into a showdown, if all hell is gonna be breaking loose, you wanna make sure you're filled with the Holy Spirit and led by the Holy Spirit on the front end. Do you see it? This is why it's important for us to be filled with the Spirit, to be led by the Spirit. Jesus goes into the desert and says this, he ate nothing during those days. And at the end of them, he was hangry. The devil said to him, if you are the son of God, tell this stone to become bread. Jesus answered, it is written, man shall not live on bread alone. The devil led him up to a high place and showed him in an instant all the kingdoms of the world. And he said to him, I will give you all their authority and splendor. It has been given to me and I can give it to anyone I want to. If you worship me, it will all be yours. 
Notice Jesus says, he he doesn't say here, you're a liar. That's not quite true. It doesn't really work that way. He just quotes scripture back to him. He said, it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. The devil led him to Jerusalem and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you are the son of God, he said, throw yourself down from here. For it is written, he will command his angels concerning you to guard you carefully. They will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. And Jesus answered, it is said, do not put the Lord your God to the test. When the devil had finished all this tempting, he left him until a more opportune time. In other words, it's going to happen again. Jesus didn't just face the enemy one time and it was done. He faced him over and over and over again. Jesus beat him every single time. He beat the enemy at his own game. He did it by being full of the Holy Spirit, being led by the Holy Spirit, and knowing the Word of God. Now, unfortunately, we live in a society today that tells you Christianity is about somebody else knowing it enough for you. You need to know this. You're going to have not just bad days, You're going to have times where all hell attacks, and you need to know what to do, what to do when all hell breaks loose. So I want to give you three things that are of critical importance to us, things that Jesus shows us, keys that he sees uh, so clearly through his word that he gives us to us as his disciples to show us what to do. And I want to walk those things, uh, walk those things out right now. And then actually over the next two weeks, this is a three-week series, I believe that as we dig in deeper to this, you're going to find even more things that are gonna be uh, uh, very timely for you and helpful in your walk with Christ. So if you're a note taker, you're gonna to wanna to write some of these things down, you're gonna need this. Please hear me, you're gonna need this. So I wanna make sure that you have the resources that you need to be successful in the spiritual attack. Yes. Okay. It's interesting to me that in Genesis chapter three, uh, thousands of years before Christ even walks into the desert to be tempted by the devil, the serpent appears and does almost the exact same thing to Eve and to first man, to, to question the word of God. And you know, here's the thing about serpents. Uh, like all animals, serpents operate on instinct. All animals, are, are, they're led by instinct. They're not led by their morals. They're led by instinct. Like cat's going to cat. Dog's going to dog. Cats are going to look right at you and move something off the table with their paw and drop it and break it. They all do that. You don't got to train them to do that. They will do it. Cat's got a cat. Dogs are going to sniff embarrassing things. They just do it. You don't got to train them to do it. They're going to do it. Dog's going to dog. Serpent's going to serpent. But he speaks to Eve and tries to get her to question the word of God and to rely upon man's instincts. Be led by your instincts. Be led by what you think is right in your heart. Don't be led by the word of God. Don't be led by what God told you. That's not quite true. Do it your own way. And he appeals to the instinct of every man to be self-sufficient and to know for ourselves instead of trust what God says. And we find the the exact problem still happening today as the enemy tries to get us to, to, hey, you know what? You, You can figure this out. You don't need to lean on God's word. That's old. That's outdated. That's not gonna really bring you any help. You can figure this out yourself. And he wants you to rely upon your instinct instead of the truth of what God has said. Cat's got a cat, dog's got a dog. Let's be led by our instincts. What we feel like is right. It's an attack from the evil one. And the evil one speaks to Jesus in very much the same way. He doesn't appeal to Jesus' divinity. He appeals to the fact that he's fully man as well. What does the king of kings want when he comes in the form of a man? 
He appeals to him by saying, look, I'll give you all these things. All you gotta do is bow down and worship me. It's much easier than going to the cross. It's much easier than having to put nails in your hands and feet. Much easier than that spear in your side. I'm telling you, ain't no crown of thorns this way. All you gotta do is bow down and worship me. Here's the instinct of a king to get the cross or to have the crown. And it's so much easier just doing it his way. We have an instinct inside of each of us for self-preservation. And he speaks to Jesus. Get the crown without the cross. Let's go the easy way. He still does the same thing for us today. I want to give you three things that will help us when all hell breaks loose. And if you're a note taker, number one. Please write this down. When all hell breaks loose, number one, I'm gonna have to know how to fight a spiritual battle. A spiritual battle. You cannot bring a knife to a gunfight. Come on, somebody. You're outgunned. You're out, man, you're fighting the wrong fight. You thought it was boxing, turns out it's a duel. Like, okay, I have uh, trained for the wrong thing. The moment that you become a, a, a father and a husband, the moment that you have your own place, You've got to think about protection. You've got to think about the neighborhood that you live in and the neighbors that you know or don't know. You're going to want to have stuff like security cameras. You're going to want to make sure that your doors are locked and that your windows are locked. You have to know how to protect your family because you never know what's going on in the middle of the night in your neighborhood. You don't know. I remember when we were younger, uh, I I came home for one time from, from shopping with my mom and my brother and I had been at the store with her, and as we walked into our home, we noticed that our television was missing and the Nintendo was missing, and that's, that's the unpardonable sin right there. Don't you steal a brother's video game system? The original Nintendo, Super Mario, Duck Hunt, come on, somebody. That's our Bible. It was a big deal. And so we started walking through the house, and that sinking feeling of we've been broken into, we've been robbed, starts setting in as you start recognizing the things that are gone. And then we hear a noise coming from the back room and my brother and I walk around the corner, open up the door to my bedroom and there's a little crackhead standing there with my TV. And I freeze and he freeze. I'm looking at him, he's looking at me and I, I don't know what to do. I hadn't planned for this, I hadn't trained for this. And my brother says, get him. I don't want to get him. <laughs> he don't want to get got. I don't know what to do if I caught him. So I tried to get him. I jumped for him and he jumped back and then he went right underneath my arms and he, he squeezes right past me, and takes off towards the back door. My brother's like, let's go. I don't know why I went. <laughs> All of us think about what happens the day that you get you know, broken into. Or if, you, if you confront a burglar, you think about those things that you're gonna do. You have this whole scenario played out in your mind. But when it actually happens, you're like, I don't know, man. <laughs> So I chase this guy down the back stairs. I trip and fall over the back cement stairs. I plant right on my face. I'm skidding across the concrete. It was not good. That race didn't last very long. And then my brother jumps over me. He's almost got this guy. The guy jumps over the back fence. My brother plows into the back fence full force. You ain't catching no crackhead. You ain't catching him. I learned some valuable lessons that I was not prepared to get into the criminal game and to chase down somebody like a police officer. Like, that, I, that's not my calling. I can't do that. I didn't know what to do when somebody breaks in. Do you know what to do when you have a spiritual attack? What happens when the enemy is attacking your life and all hell is breaking loose? Do you know what to do? I want you to recognize that there are some things 
that we will misidentify as the devil. They're not the devil, that's just you. Sometimes we're like, oh, that's the devil. That's not the devil. That's the fact that you have a, a broken body. That you can easily get some medication. That's surgery. That's not the devil. Need some stitches. <laughs> There's sometimes where you're walking through an attack where you're, you're battling your own flesh. And by the way, your, your flesh is an enemy. The heart of people are wicked. That's not the devil. That's our own flesh. Let me remind you a couple of things. You can't cast out your flesh. And you can't counsel a demon. You need to know the difference between a spiritual attack and a medical emergency. A spiritual attack and fighting my flesh. So I want you to see exactly what the enemy's doing and know the difference between what is happening here in the spiritual versus the natural. Would that help somebody in this place? Come on. Just one amen and I'll, I'll preach it better. Here's a couple of things. You got to know how to fight that spiritual battle. And look at this, John 8, 44. Jesus describing Satan and his attack says this. He was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth, for there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language, for he is a liar and the father of lies. Yet because I tell you the truth, Jesus said, you don't believe me. I'm screaming the truth at you, but you believed his lies. His native language is a lie. Jesus tells us that our war against the devil is a fight to believe the truth over the lies. Our spiritual battle is one to believe the truth over the lie. This is where everything in the spiritual battle comes down to. Will I believe the truth of God's word or the lie of the enemy? And Jesus shows us his native language is a lie. And here's our fight, to believe the truth over the lie. Not exercising demons, not carrying around sprinkling everything with holy water, not carrying a cross and holding it up to people, not putting garlic around your neck. That's vampires. What, what's the fight here? What do I do? He says, you've got to know the truth so that you'll recognize the lie. There is the spiritual battle to not believe the lies of the evil one. I want you to see this. Satan's success depends upon our belief in his lies. He's a defeated foe. And the power that he gets comes from the moment that we decide that we are going to agree and put our faith in the lie. You have to know how to fight a spiritual battle. It's not an emotional battle. It's not a battle with your flesh. It's a battle with the evil one. And it looks and comes in the form of a lie. Know how to fight a spiritual battle. Here's point number two. I think it's going to help you. Number two, you're going to have to have the truth ready before the lies take root. We call this learning the art of the pregame. Now, back in the clubbing days, pregame means something different than what you might think it means. Some of you are laughing because you were raised Baptist and you know. But my wife and I, we love to go to, uh, we love to go to the Cowboys game. We normally go there every Thanksgiving. I have a friend of mine that gives us his Thanksgiving uh, Cowboys tickets every year. And we love to go to that Cowboys game specifically because everybody that comes there will tailgate. And let me just tell you, it is Christmas day for fat people. <laughs> because you will come and set up and there's things being grilled and smoked and boiled and baked. And they have all kinds of amazing, wonderful things and treats to eat that people want to share. You're going to meet all kinds of new friends, and they're like, you got to taste this. My mom made this. My dad grilled this. And you just go from tent to tent like, show me your wares. 
Allow me to indulge myself. This is a day of defilement. Let's go. Gluttony central. I love it. Because I know how to pregame. I can pregame with the best of them. Why? Because when I walk inside that stadium, I'm not spending 350 bucks to eat. Some of the best naps you'll ever take are during a cowboy's loss. <laughs> Slip it to a food coma. Like, I don't even care. I had a great pregame. <laughs> but I don't want to pay the price for those stadium prizes. So I've learned how to pregame. You're going to have to learn how to pregame in the spiritual as well. You need to have the truth ready so the lies don't take root. And this is where we find the failure of American Christianity. We'll wait till it's too late. It's too late. You're right in the middle of it. You don't know what to do. We start relying on our instinct and believing the enemy's lies. And you've lost before you've even got started. You have to know how to fight a spiritual battle and have the truth ready before the lies take root. We pregame. One of the reasons why, we, why uh, every single January we will fast and pray, we will bring in the uh, prophetic voices and we will dive heavily into scripture to see, Lord, what are you saying for the rest of our year? Because we, we, we know beyond the shadow of a doubt, we are a threat to the enemy. We're going to have attacks. We're going to walk through times where all hell breaks loose. What do we do? We rely upon the word that we heard before the enemy begins to lie. Lord God, what are you saying? Help me to recognize the lie so that when it comes, I'm like, that's not the truth. The Lord, you, you told me this, so I'm going this way. We're full of the spirit, led by the spirit. We know the word of God. Jesus modeled it for us and we, we, we use that as our, it's our playbook for the church. It's the reason why we're able to stay in a place of health. We take it seriously. We have the truth ready before the lies take root. I, I, I wish you'd get this. This would help you. This would help me help you. Makes it really, really easy to pastor a church of people that are ready for spiritual attacks and that know what to do when it happens. You can recognize it because we know the difference between a truth and a lie. You see, we tend to view the world through a secular lens, not a scriptural lens. It's our instinct. We have to change our instincts. Where we see the world through scripture. Lord, what does your word say about this? What does your word say about that? What did you tell me this morning in my quiet time? As I was reading in Luke chapter four, what is it that jumped off the page that helps me see and recognize what's going on in my world at, at four o'clock in the afternoon? Led by the spirit, full of the spirit. And we know the word of God. We can start looking at the world through a scriptural lens. You know, um, in, in, in Longview especially, we have, we have something very particular about our culture um, I don't know if you realize how, how rare this is, but when I moved here from the DFW area, from the, from the large metroplex, uh, the culture there is, uh, if you want anything done, you will find the person with the, the highest ratings and the best price. And you can compare all these different vendors and contractors in order to get what you want for the best price and for the highest rating. You can look at Google reviews and all this different stuff. Longview ain't that way. Longview's like, oh, you want that done? Yeah, you gotta call this guy. He's the only one that does it. Everybody else like, no, 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 you don't, you don't want them. They, they don't do a very good job. Or they went out of business. That guy died. He's the only one that's good. It's the I know a guy culture. Come on, don't act like you don't live here too. It's like, there's two people that do that. We like this one. We don't like him. Why? He goes to that other church. and mm-mm. He used to date so-and-so. We're not going with him. I know a guy, right? You want something done? Oh, who's the guy that does that? 
Oh, I need this done. Who's the lady that does it? Oh, I know. Yeah, they, they run this. This is the person that we use. I've never seen anything like that in any other culture, like it is in Longview. I know a guy. I need something done. I'll call this person. They'll get it done. And the crazy thing is, we will take that part of our culture and apply it to our spiritual walk. When all hell breaks loose, oh, let me call that person. They're, they're spiritual. Let me figure out this. Let's, let's, what would you say? What, what do you think I should do? And we will look at anybody else instead of taking personal responsibility for our spiritual health. You can do this. You're supposed to do this. And my job as a pastor is to equip you to be able to handle when all hell breaks loose. You can do this. Daily fellowship with the Holy Spirit. Daily discipline in God's word will help you to expertly navigate through the mess of a Monday. It'll show you the difference between just a bad day and a spiritual attack. It'll show you what to do. You can do this. You absolutely, absolutely can. So we have the truth ready before the lies take root. Let me say it this way. If you don't know the word and aren't filled with the Holy Spirit, you will constantly lose the war in your mind. You will constantly lose spiritual battles. You will constantly believe lies and allow them to be planted into your life that are difficult to get rid of. There's very few things that I can say that will convince you that you've believed a lie. That's not true. That's not what God's word says about you. And the lies have taken root and the enemy has won. We have the truth ready before the lies take root. Now, unfortunately, for a lot of us in this place, there are a ton of lies that we've believed. Things that have taken root in our lives. Ways that the enemy has won. He's planted these things at your core. And you've got to deal with them. Now, that takes a lot of work. It's like a weed. And let me just tell you, pulling weeds... If you enjoy that, you are weird. <laughs> or you're not from Texas. Because by the time those weeds get ready to be pulled, it is hot. And those things take some kind of deep, ungodly root. Like you're pulling from the other side of China. It's like, come on. This is hard work. But I know what it looks like when you're finished. The same is true with our lives, man. When the enemy has planted those lies so deeply into our core, it is hard work to bring some of those things up and to allow the truth of God's word to replant something better. It's hard work, but it's necessary. We want you to be in a group. We want you to get into a freedom group. You gotta deal with this stuff in order to be able to walk in freedom and to walk in victory, to understand the difference between the truth and the lie. So number three, we dig up the lie and replant the truth. Dig up the lie, do the work, and replant the truth. Somebody needs to hear this today. Dig up the lie. Replant the truth. Let me say it this way. A lie that's been allowed to take root will blossom into tension, bad habits, and stress, and pull you off your purpose. You have a purpose. There are things that God has purposed for your life to accomplish, things that God wants to do in you and through you. And if you believe the lie, you will never walk in those things because the truth has been overshadowed by the lies that you've allowed the enemy to plant deeply inside of your life, maybe without even knowing it. But we have to dig up the lie and replant the truth. How do I know the difference? You get into the word and see what God's word says about you. And you start believing it. Start believing it. Now, let me tell you, there are some very, very common lies that we see in 90% of people that we're, that we're dealing with. 
um, common lives, things that we've allowed to be implanted into our core that produce so many horrible, ungodly things that keep them from ever walking in victory. And it's difficult some, sometimes to convince people like, wait a minute, I know that you think that this is a, a, an established fact in your life, but that's not who God says you are. It's not true. It may be natural and normal for you, but it's not true. It's difficult sometimes to get people to be convinced that God's word takes preeminence over our instincts, over our wants and desires of what we think is just normal. That's just how I am. Oh, no, 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 no. You don't understand. I was just born like that. No, no, no. We're going to be born again. We can dig up lies and replant the truth. Let me tell you some common lies. What about the lie of the, the person that believes I don't have to be present because my dad wasn't present? He was just fine. And this guy that walks around afraid to commit and will go from relationship to relationship. And there'll be these single ladies sitting in my office, Pastor, I thought he loved me. Like, he ain't gonna commit to you. He didn't commit to the four people before you, including your sister. <laughs> Why? Because a dog got a dog. But he's allowed this lie to be planted into his life that because I had an absent father, I can be uncommitted. And there's a lie that gets planted at the core of who he is. That the enemy's reinforced with years, years of him believing the lie. What about the person that has an overbearing father? Someone that pushes and pushes and pushes them to be successful. And at some point we find that person believing in that lie that I'm only as successful as how hard I work and they will work themselves to death. Chasing money, chasing ambition, a victim of their own pride. And they sacrifice their children in their marriage for some false sense of security and financial advantage. And this lie that I have to perform and I've got to make a certain amount of money and I've got to have a certain amount of toys has pulled me away from my purpose and destroyed my family and left me alone and lonely. It's a very, very common lie. What about the lie that we see working in the hearts of teenage girls where I will never be worthy and I'll never be good enough. I'll never be pretty enough. I've got so many physical flaws because I see an Instagram world of filters and I compare myself to that. And this lie that tells them I am not fearfully and wonderfully made. God made a mistake and he didn't give me these cheekbones and these lips. He didn't give me this weight or this height. And the lie is implanted at the core and they start believing it. And their self-esteem falls through the basement floor. And their self-worth is nothing. We see this all the time. Scripture says something different, but Instagram is what I choose to believe. God says something different, but my parents are who I choose to believe. Mm. You know, you can honor your parents without believing the lies of the enemy. Did you know that? What about the lie that a, that a woman believes because she has an, an overbearing perfectionist mother that this lie has been implanted that if I don't have everything perfect in my life that I'll never have peace. And this person that finds everything to complain about and finds all these minuscule details of their life saying this is why I don't have peace and this is why I don't have peace and this is why I don't have peace because they're looking for perfection in a life that's imperfectly perfect. There's no such thing. And they can never have peace. And the mind is scattered, constantly looking for things that are wrong because of a lie that's been implanted at the core of who we are. 
What about the person with a pioneering spirit, an entrepreneur on the inside that has a failure? And by the way, if you're going to be an entrepreneur, you're going to fail. <laughs> but once you fail one time, let me just tell you, they fall into this trap of everything's going to be a failure. Can't win, don't try. And they get paralyzed because they failed before. And they're so afraid to fail again. And they lose the ability to step out on faith and accomplish things when God says, let's move. I'm like, no, I can't. I might fail. What about the lie of the young man that believes I can't change? I can't control myself. I'm led by my instincts. It's a lie. Let me remind you, a lie that's been allowed to take root causes nothing but tension. Not just in your life, but between you and the Lord. Because he's screaming truth. And just like Jesus, he said, look, he's the liar and father of lies, the enemy. And I'm telling you the truth and you don't believe me. Let me remind you of this powerful scripture, 1 John chapter 3. Maybe the most powerful scripture in the entire Bible. Powerful. It says this, that the reason that the Son of God appeared was to destroy the devil's work. Jesus said, this is why I came, to destroy those lies. If the battle is, to betwe is between believing the lies and believing the truth, Jesus says, I've destroyed the power of his lies. He did it for you. He did it for me. And let me remind you of this. Jesus accomplished his purpose. Jesus came to destroy the works of the evil one, and he did it. From the showdown in the desert, to casting out demons, to teaching people the truth, to his death and his burial and his resurrection, he won he destroyed the works of the evil. And scripture tells us that he disarmed the powers and the authorities. He made a public spectacle of them by his death on the cross. That means that there's a parade going on where all those lies are exposed for how foolish they are. Jesus came to destroy the works of the evil one. You just need to start believing in it. Satan wins when you believe the lie. Satan wins when you believe that you can't change. That things will always be like this. That God's forgotten you. That he doesn't care. That God doesn't heal anymore. That God's not listening. Let me remind you, those are powerless lies when you choose to believe the truth. So we wanted to give you something that I think would help you. If you've got your phone, if you'd pull that out for just a second. If you're watching at home, we have a gift for you as well. Um, if you don't have scriptures that you can rely on, that, things that you can say over yourself, things that you can believe, we've put together a list of the most encouraging and faith-filled truths from God's word just specifically for you. And I want to give those to you today. So on the screen behind me is going to appear a QR code right there. And if you will open up the photo part of your phone, point it at that screen, there should be an icon that would appear. And that's going to give you a, a link to some scriptures that we've prepared just for you. And if you need to know the truth of the word of God, if you, if you want to start digging up those lies and replacing them with truth, start with these fantastic and powerful scriptures that will help you to start believing the truth over the lie. So that's our free gift to you. We put that together to help you get started. You see, from the very beginning of this year, my mandate from the Lord, what God has ordered me to do is to help you take some personal responsibility for your spiritual health. I want you to take some personal responsibility for the spiritual warfare that's happening in your home, in your marriage, at work. What do you do when all hell breaks loose? We know how to pregame. We're ready for it. You need to know the word. The word of God is powerful. It's living. It's active. 
And it's the difference between a truth and a lie, between defeat and victory. You know, when Jesus destroyed the works of the evil one, that means he gives victory to you over the evil one. You can win if you choose not to believe the lies of Satan. Let me finish with this thought. Jesus' victory ensures that when all hell breaks loose, I'm on the winning side. And I want you to remember that. That you can win because Jesus won for you. You just need to believe in the thing that's true and not the lies of the evil one. You still with me? I want to finish up right there. So if, you're, if you've got your phone in your hand, if you go ahead and put that away, if you go ahead and put down your notes... And I want to invite you to just bow your head and close your eyes. I believe if I've done my job correctly today, the Holy Spirit wants to speak to you about some lies that have been implanted into your life. In the presence of the Lord right now, the Holy Spirit is speaking to his people. He's going to show you some lies that you've put your faith in. Things that he's going to expose as foolish and weak. I want you to let him do it. So right where you are with heads bowed and eyes closed, would you simply say, Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me? Are there any lies that I've believed? Are there spiritual things that you want to show me in the place of demonic attacks? Show me the truth. I'm listening. Are there lies that I've believed that you want to expose today? Holy Spirit, show us. Father, I pray right now that you would give us the strength to replace the lies with the truth. That you would show us that your victory on the cross is our victory as well. We can win because you won. We can change because you've given us the ability to change. We don't have to just accept our fate. We can be born again. We're created in your image. We've been bought and purchased by your blood. Your word tells us that old things are passed away. All things become new. We don't have to be a slave to our instincts anymore. We can be led by your spirit. We can be filled with your spirit. And we can walk according to your word. Thank you, Lord, for what you're doing in us right now. Now with heads bowed and eyes closed, perhaps you're here today or maybe you're watching online, you're saying, Pastor, I really don't have a relationship with Jesus. I need one. Or maybe like me, you were raised in church, but you've gotten away from God and you need to come home. You may not know how to do that. I want to help you do that today. As you're watching this, if you need a relationship with Jesus, if you need to come home to him, I want to invite you to pray a prayer with me. Right where you are, pray this prayer. Just say, Holy Spirit. Help me. Jesus, I believe in you. I believe that you came and died. I believe that you rose from the grave so that I could have life and forgiveness for all of my sins. Would you come into my heart and take over my life? Would you forgive me? Would you use me for your kingdom and your purpose? Now say this, say, I give my life to you right now.
in Jesus' name. With heads bowed and eyes closed, my friend, if you prayed that prayer, if you actually prayed that prayer and you're not ashamed or afraid to admit it, I'm not gonna embarrass you in any way. Would you just lift your hand up all over this place and say, that was me, pastor, I did that. Good, that was me, I did that, good, I see you. I see you, good, good, good. I see you, young lady, good. Good for you. Yes, young man, I see you. For those of you that just raised your hand and said, I prayed that prayer, I've got a, a number that's gonna be appearing on the screen behind me. If you're watching at home, there's a number appearing on your screen as well. It's 844-HRC-TEXT. I wanna invite you to text me. Text the words, I prayed, to that number right there. When you do that, I'm gonna send you some links to some things that will help you understand what just happened in your heart and what God would have you to do next. You see, this isn't the end of your relationship with Jesus. This is the beginning. I wanna invite you to take the next step. And this is how you do it. You've already come this far. I wanna challenge you to keep going. And it's the greatest honor of my life to help you know Jesus better. Good for you. Highridge family, go ahead and look up at me if you would and stand to your feet. It's been such an honor bringing God's word to you here today. And I wanna invite our elders and their wives forward to be able to pray for you if you have anything that you need to pray about. If you need to be filled with the spirit today, uh, today is your day. If you need a fresh filling with the spirit, I believe that God's word says to be continually filled with the spirit. Let us pray for you. If you wanna be led by the spirit, you're not sure how to do that, let us pray for you. We would be happy, we'd be honored to pray for you today. And these guys are available to do that as the service ends. Also, I want to remind you of a couple of things. Uh, we have Beast Feast coming up. Guys, this is your time to shine, baby. We will find a way to not plan on Mother's Day weekend next time, but for this year, it is what it is. So let me just tell you, hey, we have an amazing day planned for you. We believe that God is moving in the hearts of men and fathers and sons, and the things that he's doing is absolutely miraculous, and it's going to be a, an amazing evening. Cy Robertson from the Duck Dynasty family is here, and uh, you're going to want to be here, if nothing else, just to watch the show. We have some awesome businesses that have given generously to this, and so we've got some amazing gifts, some amazing gifts we're going to be giving in a way. You're going you're to want to be a part of that and, and see... Uh, and see what's going to happen. It's going to be awesome. So Beast Feast is our men's event. Uh, dads, bring your sons, grandpas, uncles, get here. We want you to be a part of it. Tickets are on sale now. Also, we have Unite coming up in the fall. Tim Tebow is coming, and those tickets are going really, really fast. So let me just tell you, for some reason, there is a large influx of 30-year-old women in Longview that have bought out all these tickets. So I don't know what that's about. It ain't me. I know that for sure. <laughs> Uh, but let me just remind you, tickets are, are as cheap as they're ever going to be right now. And so um, they are going really, really fast. We've never seen tickets move this fast. So if you want to be a part of that, please don't wait. Um, Longview is already responding, and uh, we want to make sure that you're able to be there and see what God is doing as churches start working together. It's amazing. We want you to see it. So for everyone else, let me bless you and pray for you as you go. Father, I pray that you bless my friends with an amazing week, being led by your spirit, being filled with your spirit, walking according to your word all week long. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you as you go. I hope you have an awesome week. Thank you so much for listening in today. Our prayer is that you are encouraged and strengthened by the message. If you haven't done so yet, be sure to subscribe to this podcast and leave us a review wherever you're listening. If you want to be a part of our online community, connect with us through Facebook or Instagram with the handle at HighRidgeLV, or you can check out our website at HighRidgeLV.com. 
Lastly, if this ministry has impacted your life and you'd like to support its work, visit highridgelv.com give. We appreciate your support and we're believing with you today for God's best in your life. Have an incredible week and we will see you next time.